Hi everyone, welcome back to the Europe is Coming podcast. This is Vicky McLeod. This time I talk to Julie Hugo Nielsen. She talks about her life as a full-time doctor and a competitive CrossFit athlete. She tells me about her mum, who is one of her sporting heroes, how her experience at Wadapalooza fueled her fire for the 2022 season and how the Danish live a sporty outdoor lifestyle. There's a lot to say, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Welcome, Julie Hogo Nielsen, to the Thank Europe you. is Coming podcast. How did I do? Did I pronounce your name right? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, you are the Danish, women's Danish, elite women's Danish CrossFit champion at the moment. Hopefully we'll yeah. be for the forthcoming year as well. And you are joining, Yeah, it could be good. Yeah. <laughs> and you are joining me from your home in Denmark. Yes. Where do you live in Denmark? Um, I live in a smaller town called Odense. Or it's, uh, I think, currently the third biggest city in Denmark. So, yeah. It's a... Uh, it's like one and a half hour away from uh, Copenhagen. So, a quiet existence or quite busy? Um, it's like kind of busy. It's a um, big university town, so there's a lot of young people, and uh, actually, it's pretty in like under development, I would say. So it's like nightlife and restaurants and everything is growing. So um, yeah, I quite like it. I grew up here as well, so. It's on the up. Oh, sorry? It's on the up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Are you live, do you live near to your family then? Yeah, uh, actually my entire family lives in, I would say, m- maximum half an hour away. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's very nice. And you work as a doctor? Yeah, I do. What kind of doctor are you? Um, so right now I'm not uh, any specific kind of doctor. I don't have my specialization yet, but I work in an orthopedic surgery department in um, in Denmark here as well. So I'm doing, a, I think it's called a residency. Mm-hmm. It's actually a prolonged part of uh, the university. So I have to do six months hospital and six months general practice to earn the right to practice on my own. So I'm still in training, as you would say. <laughs> well, that sounds um, like you're just on the edge of becoming a professional doctor. So you must have done a lot of studying before that. How many years do you study in order to um, qualify? You study uh, six years here. Uh, so it's three years for your bachelor's degree, which you can't really use for anything. And so three years for your master's degree. And then you have the one-year internship. So basically you're assigned a number so any number from one to however many people finishing school so this when I chose it was like 700 people and then you get to pick your residency according to your number so number one picks first and then 700 of course picks last and then you might have to move or like commute a long way to do this residency so it's a bit like stressful sometimes with the selection process so where did you end up um i ended up pretty close to home so i work in a city called svenborg which is a 30 minutes drive away right now 
but I got a pretty, I mean, I got a middle number. I got 300 something. So <laughs> well, it's lucky that you it's so close to home. I mean, it just like, it sounds like the, uh, the semifinals lottery from last year as well about where everybody's I mean, going. <laughs> It is, it is a lottery, <laughs> that's for sure. So how do you combine training for CrossFit with your work as a doctor? It sounds to me like both things that you're doing require maximum effort. I mean, I actually, I've always enjoyed working in some form just to have something else to do, something else to put my mind on. But I mean, in the beginning, when I started, it was a new workplace and also new skills I had to acquire. So it was very stressful for me and I felt very mentally exhausted. Um, But I just try to focus on work when I'm at work and then not bring the like the work home when I'm done and then focus all my energy on training when I do that. But it's long days and it's really um, sometimes it's hard when you have a rough day or a stressful day at work to just let it go and then have a good session. Mm. Um, but I would say the two things definitely give me equal amount of mental strength and also I think stamina in some ways because, you know, working as a doctor can be pretty long hours and overtime a lot so you learn to adapt and you also learn to perform under pressure which is basically what you do in CrossFit as well so how did you first discover CrossFit I know that you were originally a national champion swimmer uh so yeah I quit swimming for the like same reasons I think everyone around 18 19 does it's just it was too much it was too serious and I wanted to try something else and then I did a couple of years just regular gym and spin classes and then at my local gym they actually had some sort of CrossFit class it it wasn't you know allowed to be called that so it's called cross training or something Um, so I tried it out really enjoyed it because it was fun and also very efficient because I just wanted to stay in shape (laughs) but then somebody wrote me actually on Instagram from a local box here in uh, in Odense and asked me if I wanted to come join their competition team. So then I went and I've never looked back since. <laughs> so what was it that hooked you about CrossFit? I mean, in the beginning, I really just enjoyed the, um, you know, it, you get to suffer quite a lot in the like really just doing a very physically hard workout which I've been used to from my swim training as well but it was also the social part it was the same people I met there every week and it was very like fun to learn new skills all the time so there's like a thousand things you can learn and you get a reward almost every week for you know learning something new so I think that was what really got me hooked in the first place. And when did you start competing? Was it when you joined the team or had you, so did you just compete locally or did you build up or did you go straight in at the deep end? Um, I actually, I think I waited for um, a year or such to compete, but it was locally uh, in a two-person team. And then straight after I did a three-person team thing. It was really fun. And then from there, I just went to so many like local competitions as well. I did a lot of them. Uh, but my first uh, international experience as an individual athlete was probably 
uh, French throwdown in 2018. And since then, you have been competing solely individually up until Waterpalooza? Yeah, yeah, actually I have. Uh, I think I, I might have done some local team competitions in Denmark as well, just for fun. But I've never been team for any um, like international competition or anything. But I found it actually really like surprisingly fun to do the team part in uh, Waterpalooza. It was from a spectator's point of view, watching you, Sola and Mia throw down and work out and compete against these other also amazing female teams was was one of the highlights of my weekend actually I thought you guys did great it was neck you were neck and neck all the way it was so exciting to watch you yeah I mean for sure I think we all three of us just had a really good experience and also the um like the the experience of us just really being competitive and we were there and we were neck and neck with all these girls and some of them have a lot of team experience but they're also just very good athletes so I think it it really gave like all three of us uh, quite a big boost to just see okay we can do this and we can also do this like working together and especially considering we hadn't really trained together before uh, I've trained with Solvay but never with Mia so it was really a fun and very just a amazing experience actually how did it work out with the personalities in the team? Did you all take a different role? Was there like, you know, the mum of the team and the and the cheerleader of the team? How did it work out with you guys? Um, I think we complemented each other pretty well, actually. So I think we took turns being the person in charge and we also took turns in workouts being the person with the like the more more energy or like, you know the overview of things so that felt pretty good to you know take turns to be the one carrying sort of or being the one like hanging on um but I, yeah I, I think we had a bit of a <laughs> sometimes some people picking up after each other more or remembering the other's gear from the <laughs> from the competition <laughs> floor and stuff so but that's always good does it inspire you to go and try to be on a team again or are you going to be looking at a solo, the solo competition route this year? Um, I think for me this year, the, um, the team race, like looking towards games is really like done for because I don't really have a team that's in my range or anything mm. I can make work with the time I have to spend at my job as well. So um, but definitely I would be open to going team on at some other point just because I actually found the experience really fun. So I think it's made me more, you know, if someone were to offer me something, I would be more like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. I think that it, it, it certainly came across that you guys are having a great time and also insp- and, and fi- firing off of each other as well. well finishing third, I felt, that was a fair replacement, but actually I figured that any three of those teams uh, could have finished first, couldn't you? It was just down to the luck of the draw in the end. Yeah, I really think that um, we were quite equal, but then you could also tell that the, the Norwegian team really had the more team experience also. And um, But I think the experience of us just like being... I was super... How do you say? Just 
in awe of being on a team with these girls. I mean, they just made me feel like, okay, I have to live up to this, but they also just inspired me to just keep going. And I really felt like we developed a pretty good friendship like during this competition as well. So just lifting each other up. Mm. And then also the other competitors were super nice as well. And it was just a um, good atmosphere. So yeah, for sure, any of us could have, you know, taking the win just sometimes it depends on events and yeah small things do you have any routines around competing do you have any um things that you do before you go on to the competition floor that you do to prepare well i just um i usually do you know my warm-up routines are usually the same and then i always have the you know I have to have all my gear with me when I go. So I have an extra of everything. I have like extra speed rope if we need those or extra grips or extra tape and stuff. And I've never actually had the time or anything to put it on, but it's just, I like to, you know, just in case something breaks. Um, and then I try to really stay focused before we go on and then just keep reminding myself that, you know, you got this instead of, spiraling or focusing on negative stuff I try to be more like positive and visualize but sometimes just hard when you have to wait in a waiting area for 20 minutes before you go on so you can get a bit stressed but then it's just nice talking to someone like about something completely different I said to um, John before about the waiting area the holding spots where you like I feel like competitions could be won and lost in that 20 minutes we were all stood there waiting to go on because that's a long time to be worrying and focusing on what could go wrong rather than what could go right. Yeah, it is very stressful, actually. I I don't think people realize just how stressful it is waiting because you've done the warm-up and you feel ready and then you basically go to cool down somewhere where all your competitors are just all around you. So it takes a lot of practice to be able to stay really focused and stay in your own game and in your own head instead of just letting everything spiral a bit. Have you got any advice for any athletes that are just starting out on their competitive, competitive career that maybe could help them with that sort of thing? Uh, I would, I would really say, uh, I mean, I have spent a lot of time trying to work on the the mental aspect of competing because I find it it's actually um, like um, really underestimated part of performing, um, and it's also a very big part of performing. So I would definitely spend time actually if you haven't before with a sort of a mental trainer or mental coach. I have one myself actually that I find really helpful because it's it's trying to find concrete tools to you know work on when you're in like before competition after competition that it's hard to learn by yourself sometimes but I would really say try to you know visualize your own race your own competition and then just really try to focus on all the things you you know you can do instead of all the things you can't do so really trying to be you know, self-respectful and then just try to lift yourself up really before going on the floor. What about um, 
things like social media and all the other things that go around the professional business aspects around being a competitive mm. athlete. How do you manage all of that sort of thing alongside your job? Um, so I used to manage it, I think, a bit better when I had a bit more time. But since I've been started working full time, it's a, it's a, you know, I do it every day, and I like to keep my social me- social media updated as well, and I like to interact with people who want to ask me questions and stuff. So. Uh, I do make time for it. It's just sometimes it can be, you know, when you have you have obligations towards sponsors who want to post and anything. It can be hard actually trying to find content and mm. take pictures or film your training. Um, but it's something I prioritize as well because I know the people supporting me are expecting it from me. So, um, but it's definitely, it can be actually a, a stress factor sometimes. When you're training with the program, how many times a day are you training? Are you de- how much time are you dedicating to those sessions? Um, so I've gone from the twice a day to uh, once a day, actually, since I started working full time. But I would typically go straight from work uh, to the gym and I would probably spend around two or three hours there. Usually it's more around three hours with the warm up and everything before I'm done. Um sometimes like today I would actually get up really early and do just um cardio session. If I felt like I've slept okay and stuff, that that's fine, but it's not something I want to do every day. But I feel like since I've moved to the once a day, I've actually still felt a big improvement in my like fitness. So I guess that's pretty good. Yeah. I guess also I mean you have to balance that that part of your life with the with the doctor part of your life and still yeah. sleep. I think I would any day prioritize sleep over getting an extra session in just because since I started doing that, I've actually just never felt better. So I could tell that the impact it had on, you know, my physical health that I just, you know, prioritize sleep over getting extra sessions in. But then I think it's also actually taking some of the like stress and volume off my body and off my mind, just focusing on one session and then being done has been uh, pretty good for me, actually. I guess as well, you have a quite mature mindset and mature um, outlook on the training sessions because I was speaking to a couple of athletes recently and it's that they had to go go through injuries in order to learn that more isn't necessarily better. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard making, you know, getting to the realization that you're not going to be a better athlete just because you train more. And I think that's also what people are seeing on social media and they're seeing it everywhere. That's what, you know, everyone does. They, tra- they train twice or maybe three times a day, actually. But sometimes when you when you're a skilled athlete and you have the capacity as well, you just also need to be smart. You need to focus on like quality work instead of quantity work. And it's also something I'm trying to like tell, you know, some of the like young people starting at our gym that it's not going to make sense for them to necessarily train twice a day. And it's not at all going to make sense if it's a stress factor for them actually. So I think sometimes, I mean, I've also been injured, but 
it just like working made me realize that you can do do uh, a lot of things and you can progress as well with just one session a day actually now that you're a qualified doctor and you're working on a specialism do you think that the knowledge that you're getting is going to inform your training um i think um you know whatever you work on and especially working as a doctor where you get do get some you can actively find information about training and health and nutrition and you know everything biological that's going on you can of course make yourself like smarter towards training um it's not something i've i i feel like i'm i'm eager to learn more about it but it's also nice sometimes to have someone just you know tell you what to do so you don't have to know everything yourself what about the other way around when you now that you're going you're seeing patients do you think feel that the experience that you've got doing crossfit and training working out does that ever go into your medical life as well yeah i mean definitely it does just i mean when you train a lot and also growing up in swimming and getting experience and stuff i meet a lot of people and just it makes you better at communication it makes you more open towards different types of people and you see you know every kind of patient is very you know it ranges from young people to elderly people and stuff but where i'm at right now where people get injured in orthopedic surgery i definitely try to encourage my patients to you know get back on their feet and start you know prioritizing physical health and and rehab and training to get back from their i mean fractures or injuries or whatever they have so it definitely helps me aside from what a palooza, which I'm assuming is a highlight of your career. What other, yeah, what, what other highlights do you think about as being like top points of your of your career so far? Um, I definitely still have um, like summer of 2019 as a big highlight since I, alongside finishing medical school, which is like the hardest semester you can have in medical school. I managed to win the Open and qualify for the Games and then go that year as well. So it just felt like everything was really coming together. And I remember that feeling of being so proud of how I'd set my mind, you know, towards something and I actually and you've done it. achieved it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that felt, I mean, amazing, really. Yeah. Um, so just, I mean, just getting there, just like getting my, you know, finishing school getting my diploma and then also having the opportunity to go to the games was just oh I mean it was just overwhelming actually what was it like when you were there I mean it's not like any experience I've ever had before it's just I mean it's huge and there's so many spectators and all the spectators are pretty fit as well and just <laughs> walking into <laughs> to the stadium and then representing your country and being uh, the flag bearer and anything I mean seeing all those athletes I've only ever seen on YouTube or Instagram or something before it's just um makes you feel pretty small but also really proud to just have made it there actually mm. and what are your goals for this year Judy what's your what, what eye have you got on the games what are you going to what's your plan 
I mean, I was a bit insecure about my goals actually before going to Waterpalooza, but I actually think Waterpalooza just really showed me that, you know, I can be competitive if I want to be. And then if things go my way, I can definitely make it back to the game. So I would say I'm, I am up for trying to grab an individual spot at the games for sure. Go, go. The, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the European um, semi-finals are some of the most competitive in the whole the whole games. But there are that you, there's n- no reason why you shouldn't be pushing hard to get there. No, I mean, you know, anything can happen, and if the events go my way, and it, it's something that favors my strength, and you know, you just you know, you can never count somebody out. Mm. So. I would say the amount of times, you know, I've been said to be European are pretty high. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it just also makes your uh, achievements in Europe just, I mean, bigger, matter more, I feel. Yeah. What what kind of workouts do you like? What kind of things do you favor? Uh, I really like anything that's upper body strength. I like ring muscle ups and I like any shoulder to overhead movement and pulling strength. And um, so I would say, I mean, also like longer events and not the sprint type events. I'm more endurance based based athlete, I would say. And I also like some heavy snatching. Well, I'm hoping all of those things show up for you on the semis. (laughs) Well, thank you. Me too. And who do you look for for inspiration? I mean, you're inspiring, I think, a load of people just doing what you're doing and managing to qualify as a doctor and also be such a competitive athlete. But who do you look to for inspiration? I mean, I actually have a lot of people inspire me in my everyday life. It's just a lot of people I meet who who manage like to do a lot of things for themselves is really some someone who inspires me but I would say also like athletes of course I look up to Tia just because she is like so physically good at what she does she is I mean just impeccable shape and she can do anything and I'm just really impressed by that um but then also you know athletes like Jacqueline who is also with the program is just someone who I really admire and also care for as a person and just getting to know her and who she is and how she manages her her athlete life and you know life in general just makes me you know look up to her a lot and I would also say my mom is a huge inspiration for me just because she she's always been very supportive of me and then trying to find her way and actually accepting that I was once an elite athlete and then I stopped and now I wanted to be an elite athlete again. Um, but, but she's also just, you know, so bright and she's managed a lot of like parenting and career and stuff when raising me and my brother. So I'm just really thankful for her actually. And I look up to her a lot. Is your mum sporty? Is she athletic? Yeah, she is very athletic. I mean, she did some, uh like cross cross country uh running stuff where you have the maps i'm not really sure what it's called in in english actually orienteering to... maybe oh yeah yeah orienteering yeah it's pretty much the same as in in danish actually uh she was on the national team and she she's been running a lot ever since i was a child and now her and my stepdad have you know they have all the gear so it's 
uh, mountain bikes and <laughs> regular bikes and, you know, wetsuits for swimming and kayaks and, you know, they do it all. So very active. <laughs> is it a very active lifestyle that the Danish have? Is that, is that typical? I mean, I would say it's getting more popular actually to uh, to buy like racing bikes and mountain bikes, and everyone is pretty crazy about that. And stand up paddling and kayaking and like outdoor sports, the Danes really love. So I would say, I mean, uh, I think a lot of people actually, when their kids are grown up and you know moved, uh, you know, away from home, they find something like to do some some. Uh, active hobby mm. uh, so my uncle he also like did an iron man and you know everyone was just going crazy with the <laughs> okay, so your 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 lifestyle isn't really a shock to them then i guess no not really i mean they they've been used to me uh, being absent a lot in my younger years to like birthdays because i was swimming so i i think when i found crossfit it wasn't really a surprise for them mm that I, that's what I wanted to do because I've always been like occupied with anything athletic. Uh, but I think like for my mom, sometimes she worried a bit that I wouldn't be able to, you know, handle the school and, and the, you know, sport next to it just because she wants me to, you know, perform my very best, but also wants the best for me, just that I'm not too stressed or, so it took her a while to kind of realize, okay, this is uh, this is serious. But then she went with me to the games in 19 and then she just absolutely loved it. And she was like, okay, she watched the age group and she was, you need to teach me how to do oh. rope climbs. <laughs> and yeah. And then like from there, I really felt like she was, okay, so this is what it's about. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So you got a buy-in. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. It was great to talk to you. Best of luck at the semi-finals. If you are enjoying the podcast, please do leave us a five-star rating. Like, subscribe and share with your friends. It all helps. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.